0: The following message from Bible teacher and pastor, Jim Crabb, is brought to you by Imago Day Christian Fellowship in Westchester, Ohio.
1: Well, I'm just going to share a simple, some simple truths from the scripture this morning, but I'm stirred about them. Huh? They can be simple, but man, they're profound. They're, they're profound. It is, it's. It's the Word of God. Every every scripture is power-packed. It just is. There's there's something eternal to every verse. Every verse is is infused with the breath of Almighty God. Because out of God came the Word. And you know, somebody said, well, I'm not sure I believe the Bible because, you know, men were part of it and I, I, can't, I, don't, I don't think it is, is exactly perfect and all that kind of stuff. You know that that when the wind of God blew and the prophets began to prophesy and speak, the Bible says that holy men of old were moved on by the Holy Spirit. I still, I still believe in that, man. I believe that's what happens in church. That, that a holy person, a, a called man, a sanctified vessel that's set apart is, is, is simply yielding. And I, You know, me and Pastor Josh, we don't, we've been trying to explain what happens to us up here for all these years we've been doing this, man. And I don't know how to explain it. But when I've got a word from God, and I may not feel something, you know, special till I walk up and we begin to open the book. But when the book comes open, I want to tell you that something, something stronger that... Brother Jerry and and Jenny been in Florida. They were in the middle of Florida during the hurricane. They were right in the... Midst of it. I told him you ought to get a t shirt called I'm a Hurricane Survivor, man. Amen. Huh? Hurricane proof. Yeah, that, that's what they are. Amen. And and but you know the, the word of the Lord, when it comes, it's it's more powerful than that hurricane. It's got, there's more dynamic to it. You know, if, uh, you know, Jerry and Jenny were in their, in their place where they were staying, uh, you know, but if they'd have gone outside and felt the full impact of that hurricane, man, it, it, I mean, there, there, in a lot of hurricanes, there's lives lost, all that kind of stuff. But I'm telling you that we're dealing with something that's more powerful than a Category 5 hurricane. We're dealing with something more powerful than the strongest earthquake that's ever hit this earth. When we open... and uh, Listen to me. When we open every verse, when we go to the book, I'm telling you this is the thing that can... It's got enough power. Like, like, like that hurricane... If you were standing out in that hurricane... When that wind was blowing, you couldn't couldn't wish it to stop. Because if that was the truth, that hurricane would have stopped. Because Jerry was tired of bailing water. Huh? You you can't wish it to stop. If you get in the middle of it, it's going to happen. It's going to impact you. And that's the way it is with every verse in the Bible. When we open the book... I'm telling you, a hurricane gets loose. And there's something in every verse that's not just normal. It's not just ordinary. And I don't care if you've heard it 400 times or more. There's something that happens under the anointing when a holy man of God begins to speak the word There's something that's changed. Something that you can feel it in the atmosphere. The room changes. Uh, uh, How you feel about being in that room changed. You you recognize, uh, I'm not just going to have some social fellowship today. I'm going to have an encounter with Almighty God because the Word of God is just that powerful. And just like if Jerry went out in that hurricane He couldn't do anything about the impact of that hurricane. If you'll hear the word with an open ear, you can't do anything about the impact that it'll have on your life because it's going to change you. It's going to change you. Every gospel message you've ever heard has done something to you whether you know it or not. Huh? And that's the way it is, man. That's the way it is with the Word. Amen? How many are glad about that? We've got something, something bigger than a hurricane, something more powerful than, amen, nuclear explosions or anything else. I want to begin this morning in Hebrews chapter 12. And we're going we're gonna to start with uh, verse 1. Hebrews 12, 1. This is a verse we all know. But there's some dynamo power in here. Hallelujah. I hope those of you that are watching online, you got your shouting shoes on because we're having church here in Cincinnati. Huh. Ah. Verse 1. Hebrews 12. You there? Wherefore, in other words, you know when you say "wherefore," what you're there you're you've just made a connection between something that's already been said and something that's gonna be said. So you're gonna say something, but you begin with "wherefore" or because of the what you heard before. Wherefore, seeing. That we are, you gotta believe this, man. We, we Jim Crab, Tim Mikzel, Debbie Emerson, Elizabeth, Toye, Jeannie, Jim, Tim. We're taking roll here, aren't we? Just want everybody online to hear it. No, the, the, the names I didn't say. They didn't come to church this morning. No, I'm just kidding. Wherefore seeing that we also, all of us, all of who? All of us that are born again. All of us that are in Christ. All of us that were that, that spiritually that that came up out of the grave. Huh? All of us. Seeing that we also are compassed about, or we're surrounded by. So great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Now what I just want to preach about a little bit is, I just... That verse just came alive to me this week. That I'm not living some ordinary life. Man, I'm I'm telling you, I'm constantly, there's a cloud of witnesses that are constantly around my heart and in my life. Where are those witnesses? Who are are those witnesses? Well, it's my view. There's different thoughts about that, but it's my view that the truest context of that verse, what it's referencing where the witnesses come from is in the 11th chapter. Those are the, they are the the witnesses. That's what he so let's go, so look at chapter 11 real quick. Huh? This, I just want to I want to share with you what kind of friends we got. What kind of people are running around with us. Because I'm going to show you, you can't deal with me without dealing with Gideon. You can't deal with me without dealing, amen, with Abraham and Sarah and the miracles of, of this chapter. So, you know, let's just go through These verses, I'll just point things out as we go here. Verse 4 is one of the witnesses. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testified about his gifts. And by it, and by it, he being dead. Watch what Abel's doing. Abel's still preaching. Yeah, but you know, man, I how you getting so excited about Abel, man? Cain, Cain killed Abel. Yeah, but he he just he just kind of killed him. He didn't kill him and and make him non-existent. He just killed this this short momentary span of time between the time he was born and the time that he killed him. But I want you to know that Abel is still very much alive. And not only is he alive, brother, he's still preaching this morning. And he's talking about the kind of offering and sacrifice that you make toward God. Somebody shout amen. You know, another thing about, about Abel um you know the if you look up the words in the uh, Hebrew, Cain and Abel, you've got to do some digging in there, but but if you do, you'll find that Cain, <coughs> excuse me, that Cain means something. In other words, something is there, there's substance to it. Abel means, No substance. Nothing's there. And when I saw that in the Hebrew, I heard the Lord say to me, I want you to know, preacher, that I'm able to do more with nothing than with something. I'm telling you, God is able. See, that stirred me up. Why? Because I feel like a nothing. But God is able to do more with nothing. That's the way He made the world. He, he, there wasn't anything that He, the, there wasn't any raw materials out there that He started with except His Word. It was the creative force and power of God. And, and even though Abel means nothing and Cain means something, that's what non-believers are. They think there's something. There are, some, there are some believers that think there's something, too. That's why they got to they gotta understand. See, until you understand, you're nothing. I'm dead. My life is hid with Christ and God. That's what I am. I'm hiding. I'm hiding in Christ. So, Abel, and so, listen, whatever your life is, How many, is it just me or you ever feel like, man, I don't, I'm not very, I don't know how to do this or that, or I, I I mean, what am I? How could I ever change anything? Listen, man, you're in the right place. You know what you got? You got nothing today. (laughs) I want to tell, there's a whole line of arrogant people that I've pastored and dealt with in my life, man, that I want to tell them, you got nothing Look at your neighbor and shout it at him. You got nothing. You got nothing. But God is able to do more with nothing than he is with something. Praise God. I wish all the nothings would lift their hands toward heaven and give him praise for a minute. I, I got nothing, Jamie. I got nothing. It's not me. I, I don't have any strength. But I don't. Listen, Ben. He can work with nothings. He can work with the nobodies of the world. That's why we're studying that book, that, that 12 ordinary men. Because what we're going to preach to the brothers is, we're, we're trying to get you to understand, God can take ordinary nobodies that have nothing. And He can rock the world with those men. Does it amaze you that the gospel started out with the disciples, you know, and and it, it it has gone around the world. And somehow it made its way to the preacher that preached the word to me about salvation. Thank God, thank God, thank God. So Abel is a witness. And what's Abel doing? He's still preaching. Huh? He's still preaching. Let's see. Let's see if there's any other witnesses. Oh, my Lord. By faith, verse 5, Hebrews eleven five. 5. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. Hmm. And was not found. He couldn't find him. He was not found because God had translated him. For before here's look it. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Amen. I'm running around with the ables of the world of the scripture but we're also running around with people like Enoch. And the Bible says he had this testimony. That wasn't that... Now, he wasn't the one that gave the testimony that he pleased God. Rather, it was God that testified about him that he, before his translation, he pleased God. Isn't that right? And so, he's so... Apparent, I mean, there was a special something to Brother Enoch. I mean, because it's appointed unto man once to die, and then the judgment. If you're one of the rare few that didn't see death, you're in some kind of other category, brother. And Enoch is one of those people. Enoch was standing there in a natural life. Enoch, I don't know if they had jobs or however they did, worked in the field, whatever Enoch did. He was just having day-to-day business, but he was serving God. He was he, I, I'm sure he had a prayer life. I'm sure he would he help people. I'm sure he was a blessing to people. I, I'm sure he had faith because without faith it's impossible to please God. And Enoch pleased him so much. I say this way. I think God, he just... He was so pleased by Enoch, he said, I can't take it anymore. You're coming with me, man. I'm going to, I know most people die. I'm the one, the Lord said, that set up the the, the, this, the, the rules. It's so appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. But praise God, I'm going to violate my own rule here I love you, and I'm so happy about you wanting to please me. Doesn't that make not that make you stirred up about? I want to please God, huh? It's not about what you want to do. We. That's what happens to our life. That's what That's what Enoch. The the. That's his part of my witness. That's what he tells me. When I start thinking about, well, I don't like that. And I don't. That's not my way. Now, listen, it's not about me. Go back to Abel. I'm a nobody. I'm a nothing. It's not about me, man. It's about Enoch-type people. And I don't believe that Enoch was some special person where he could please God to that degree. I really believe today that we can please God. You know when He's pleased? When you throw yourself on, on, at the, uh, on your knees and at the altar of God and you say, Lord, I want to make you happy today. I want to bless you. I, I, don't, I don't need it my way. I don't like it my way. But I want to please you in everything I say, everything I think, everything, every motive that I have, I want it to please you. And the Bible teaches me that there is this cloud of witnesses, and Abel is in that crowd. And Enoch, that they, they, they you know, there's people still looking for Enoch, but he's not going to be found, I guarantee you. Somebody say amen. amen. Let's look, okay. We, no, we're not gonna take long on all these. Let me, I'll start going faster here. By verse 7, by faith, Noah. I love Noah I really do I, 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 I get Noah because Noah Noah was going against the grain I got saved when I was 20 we, today's my granddaughter where's Grace she and there she is hey stand up so everybody can see what a pretty granddaughter I got will you <laughs> praise God give her a good hand clap I love you that's my sweet grace, amen. And uh, Grace is twenty today, and uh, her gentleman friend, Brother Cole, uh, he he they called and asked us if it was okay. But so when she got to the church today, he had he had balloons all over my office, and just I was like. Cole, I might slap you, man, because you're making all the brothers in our marriages look bad. I never gave this to Sarah on her birthday. Huh? Praise God. But I, but I was thinking, I was thinking about when I was 20 and the direction that I'd been going in my life was, you know what, and before, I, before when I got saved, I was doing it my way. I, was, I, I refused not to do what I wanted to do. Whatever made me feel good, whatever made me happy, whatever gave me joy, doesn't matter how many people it hurt along the way, but I was living for me. That's, that's what I was doing. I need this and I need that. But brothers and sisters, when I got saved, 1973, when I was 20 years old, Christ came into my heart and he impacted my life in such a way that that I said, Lord, I want to please you like Enoch. I want to give my life as an offering and a sacrifice like Abel did. But Lord, I want to also be like Noah. That's not afraid to go against the grain. You know the Bible says, you know why there was a flood? Because there was violence in the earth. It was violence, lawlessness. That spirit is back. It's really never left. I'm just saying it's it's manifesting itself in all this violence around America and the world. That's that same devil, that same spirit. It's the spirit of lawlessness. But listen, it doesn't just happen out there when you burn a building. It happens if you won't surrender to God. That's lawlessness. If you won't do what Jesus wants you to do with your life. But I love Noah because Noah, this is what Noah says to me. He, I know he built the, the ark. I'm just talking about the, t- the culture that Noah was in when he built it. Was You think people don't like the church today. Man, Noah Noah was in a bad situation, man. And by the time he was building that boat, man, every thought of every human being that existed was lawless, anti-God, and violent against each other and against God. But thank God, there was a man of God called Noah. And that Noah was... There, I, I've said this before, there's two parts of Noah's life. He wasn't just a boat builder, he was a preacher. It's what the Bible says about him. And I believe that Noah would build a little bit, and then he'd get off, he'd go from the building site, and he'd go out there and preach a little bit. And I don't believe that Noah, there's just something that tells me about Noah, that he was a bad man. And I mean, that means in a good way. Huh? That Noah went out there and and Noah wasn't afraid of the consequences and he wasn't into whatever, I want to make sure everybody likes me. No, 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 no. That wasn't Noah. The church has got to get over that. We're not, this isn't a feel-good club. Huh? You know, before people get saved, they got to feel bad. You got to understand you're lost. Huh? I don't know if I've ever had such a successful service that when I came home and said, Sarah, I really hit it out of the park today, man, everybody felt bad. Hallelujah. (laughs) Noah, I don't think Noah had some soft, cheesy methodology about how he preached the Word. This cat was bad enough to commit to God that I am going to be the only guy on this earth and I will go against the stream. I will go upstream like a salmon. I'll go, the water's flowing this way but I'm going to preach this way. That's what's happening in the world today. That's what happens to gospel preachers. We are like salmon that are that are that that's why it's tough. That's why there's resistance. Because it's trying to stop us and keep us where they ought to they're trying to tell us to be. But Noah, there's nothing in me. If you would commit to God that no matter how long it takes, you're gonna build him a boat. In an evil culture where there's murder and violence and lawlessness and nobody's loving God but Brother Noah and his little church family. Huh? I think we ought to get over how many of us are, all, are, are, are at a service or something like that. I'm talking to the preacher this morning. We got to get over that. Doesn't matter. What I want to know is am I in the will of God? Am I doing what God called me to do? Am I telling the truth? Am I not compromising with the gospel of the kingdom of God? And will I take it all the way, no matter if people like it or they don't like it? Huh? It's amazing in the same surface. You've seen it, Pastor. There'll be a pocket of people up waving a hanky over the preaching. And then there'll be, there'll be the same amount of people that are ticked off about the same preaching. That's the truth, man. But Noah went against the grain. I am looking for an army of people. And I believe that's what God's called us to do. He's called us, praise God, to go against the grain of this culture. And, and I... I... I, I I, I kind of mean, I don't know if I'm trying to soften it up or not, even the church culture. I'm not sure I'm pleased with the church culture. Uh, no. Okay, let me correct it. Let me, I'm not pleased with the way church normally is, man. Huh? You know, you can go to church growth conferences all day long. And there's guys that do. They just run from one, pastors, leaders, they go from one church growth thing to another one, trying to figure out how this guy get, to get a megachurch. And, 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 you know, it's never people, it, it's never the Ables that are preaching at the church growth conference. And I guarantee you they'd never let Noah near a church growth conference. Because Noah would cut them up every way but Sunday, man. Huh? We the the church culture people are soft, sensitive. I'm to, I'm I'm already out here, man. I, and I'm talking about Noah. <laughs> so, I'm saying brother Noah I feel him right here poking me. saying, "Come on with it, man." Huh? you you, you, you have to Church people, you know, it's the truth, man. People are lazy, (laughs) easily offended, carnal. They don't like the Holy Ghost. They don't like church when it gets messy and people are laying all over and at altars and crying and God's trying to fix marriages and stuff. They don't like that kind of stuff. We just want to get in and get out and have a hamburger. That's, that's the way church people are. We, 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 we stopped valuing the things that God values. But I believe there is a shift coming by the but, but we can't do it ourselves, man. But there is a change coming to the culture when the Noahs of this generation stand up and say, there is only one way to find salvation. There are not many ways. There are many ways, but they lead to death. But narrow, narrow is that way that leads to eternal life. And Noah could have pointed back at that ark he was building and said, that is the only hope of your salvation and I am building that for God because of sin. But praise God if you'll get on the ark and put your faith in the gospel as they knew it back then. That, that thing, you see that weird looking thing I'm building? It's able to, 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 when everybody else is dying, it's able to keep you safe. While everybody else is going under the water, the storm water, the boat is going up toward God. And if you'll get on that boat, get on the ark of salvation, get on it, and go get everybody you can. Tell them they need to get on it. You've got you to figure this out, man. That, 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 that day that Pastor Josh preached about, that day's coming. The Lord's coming. There's going to be a time this will all be wrapped up. And our job between now and then is to get everybody we can on the ark that Jesus built called salvation through the blood of the cross. Tell them all. Talk to the backsliders and tell them to get back into the house of God. Talk to those that are lost in their way. Witness to the people at the grocery store, witness to the people at the gas station, share the gospel. This is man, this is eternally serious business. It is time to stop playing around and let's go for God and be let the spirit of Noah get on us and say to this generation, You know, people. They don't like it when you tell them there's only one way. Well, yeah, and and you're so smart, you're the one that figured it out. No, I'm so stupid. I'm a nobody. But that helped me figure it out. There is only one way. There's one way. They hate it when we do that. But we're coming at you today. That's why I love being live stream. I can't just... Uh, it's not just the people here I'm picking on I'm picking on you I'm coming for you Wherever you are, in what state, what nation, I'm coming for you and I'm going to challenge you to come and get on the boat called salvation that Jesus built at the cross. I want to challenge you. I want to tell you, if you don't get on it, you're going to die in your trespasses and your sins. The only way, I'm going to tell every boy, every girl, I'm going to tell every teenager, I'm going to, I'm going to go to to, to old folks' homes. I'm gonna tell all them get right with God. Pray. Let's repent. Let's take communion together. But we've got to get ready to meet God. Our time of playing games. I'm gonna tell you, I know you got jobs and we got stuff to do. You got to live life. And I know there's things happening in your life. But I'm telling you, what I'm talking about is the most important thing. This will last for an eternity if you will trust the gospel and be willing like Noah. But it, it, you know how, how bold this wicked generation is? You know how bold they are? They are, they are so bold. They have kept pushing the limits the limits of what they'll do to get their way. Huh? There are no moral ethics anymore. It's, they're gone. It's, it's whatever I got, whatever I want to do, and nobody's going to tell me I can't do it, and this is what I want. Huh? They, but they, and this is what's amazing to me, man, they are bold. And if Jesus was here, they'd tell him, they'd be bold toward him. They'd kill him again, wouldn't they? And so, you know, the Bible says that the righteous are bold as a lion. (laughs) If you've been been thinking, well, let's just let the, the preacher... Let him get a little bit older and he'll calm down. <laughs> he, he's not calming down. Because the righteous are bold like a lion. And I, I don't know, I really do. I, I'm telling you, something's happening to me. Something's going on. And it's got, and all these witnesses, they're part of it. Blame it on them if you don't like me, man. The Holy Ghost is part of it. Blame it on him. Hmm? But we are, it's time for the church to rise up again and preach. We we got these little sermonettes that these, these, these newfangled Preachers are putting out, you know, and you you got to. It's just, I think it's a shame because what it misses is the power of God, the gospel. Listen, man, I, you know what happens in church? There's people that take off running, huh? There's people that shout, people that come to the altar, some people cry, all kinds of things happen inside the church. But the most important thing that happens in the church is that we get a hold of God. And I want to challenge you today, whatever you are doing, whatever your job is, I want to tell you today is the day of salvation. And today is the day to get right. I was kinda of bummed out this morning. I, I had me, a, I had me a, a, a shirt and a tie all picked out. I had, you know, we hadn't been doing that. But I, I just thought, man, I'm dressing up today. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get all dressed up. And you know, I've, I've, a couple of weeks ago, I messed up my ankle. I, I went to a, a high intensity interval training class and I wrecked my ankle. I I got ligament damage. A bone broke off. I was the oldest guy in the class by far, and this has been a mess. I had to go get a get an injection way down in my foot, man, and I got this. I got the mother of all braces on my ankle. But ever since that class. I wanted to call somebody and say I will be back. Because I am not the giving up kind. I'm don't. I'm not gonna not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to stop watching the gospel. I'm not doing it. I told Sarah this morning, I she, I told her I was going to wear a tie and all that and then I come down and I'm dressed like this. <laughs> she, she did she, she doesn't know what to say, so she just looks the other way for a minute. But not only is my ankle hurt, I got a, I got a, I woke up and I, I got a bad toe. I got an infection under the, my, my big toe and tried to put my, you know, dress up shoes on, man. I, and I couldn't, so I, this, ain't the bad ankle's trying to hold me up from the bad toe, man. I finally told Sarah, I said, I i gotta, I got to do this today. So I hope it's all right. How many know that this doesn't matter, but this does matter? And I did. I told Sarah, didn't I? I said, Sarah, I want to reconfirm to you that I will never quit. I'm going to push the envelope. I'm going to work, preach, prophesy, I'm going to cast out devils. I'm going to travel all over the world until I take my last breath as an aged man. I'm going to be in exercise classes. I'm going to be pushing the envelope. You know, I've had many doctors tell me, you need to slow down. You can't keep doing all that stuff. Look at your age. I said, yeah, but I got God in my life and He's working for me. Somebody say Amen. How many other folks like Noah we got in the house this morning? Let's stand up on our feet.
0: We trust you enjoyed this message. For more information about Pastor Jim Crab and Amago Day, please visit our website at I-M-A-G-O-D-E-I-C-I-N-C-Y I M A G O D E I C I N C Y.com. We trust you enjoyed this message. For more information about Pastor Jim Crab and Amago Day, please visit our website at ImagoDaysensi.com. I M A G O D E I C I N C Y dot com.